Welcome to the Homeschool Show for North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill. As usual, we'll start off the show with some homeschool news. We have some important deadlines coming up that you're going to want to hear about. And then we're going to have homeschool conversations. And today we're going to continue to celebrate our 40th anniversary uh, by having another conversation with a homeschool pioneer. Uh, with a couple uh, of homeschool pioneers, Walt and Sandy Goforth. Uh, they were um, some of the first NCHE board members, members and have memories from the very uh, first years of homeschooling uh, in North Carolina legally. So we'll look forward to that. Then we'll have some wisdom from the word. And today we're going to talk about the, uh, the parents' amazing opportunity to build a godly heritage, to set the trajectory of the heritage for our children and our grandchildren. Then we're going to have Homeschool Helps with Amanda, and she's going to begin a brand new series on homeschooling different ages. And so guess where we're going to start? We're going to start with preschool. All right, so heading into homeschool news, the first very important deadline I want to let you know that is coming up this week is on Thursday, February the 29th, and that is the end of early bird registration for the Thrive Homeschool Conference. Uh, the conference will be happening in Winston-Salem at the Benton Convention Center, May 23rd through the 25th. Uh, this is a highlight of a year, one of the most important things that uh it is the most important thing that happens regard to homeschooling uh, on a statewide um, scale. So you're going to check this out. But if you're going to go, you might as well get the early bird pricing. So go to nche.com slash thrive and uh, check, check out those early bird prices. And that's before Thursday. Another interesting thing that's going to happen this, I don't think this has ever happened before. And that is we're going to have a special class um, at the homeschool conference uh, in the morning of the Thursday that it begins. It's called Fabulous Fossils Class. This is an opportunity to have hands-on learning with real fossils. Join creation paleontologist Dr. Marcus Ross for an expert-led journey through the fossil record. With authentic fossil specimens, you will explore what fossils are and how they form, learn to identify various fossil plants and animals, and discover how biblical history integrates with the geologic record. Dr. Ross is a conference speaker and with Cornerstone Education Supply, a conference vendor. This class will be on Thursday morning, May 23rd at the Thrive Conference. Uh, this part has its own registration. And so you'll want to go again to nchg.com slash thrive. And under the happenings list, you'll find the fabulous fossils class and be able to sign up there. Okay, another deadline that's coming up is for the North Carolina Transportation Museum field trip. Uh, the field trip is on March 8th, and it's in Spencer, North Carolina, and uh, it's going to be Wings and Wheels Day. Uh, this is a really special place. I've taken my family there, uh, and we had such a great time a few years back. But the deadline to pre-register is March the 5th, so you have about a week left uh, to sign up for that if you would like to. One more thing, as I want to mention to homeschool dads, that we're trying to connect with you and support you. And you can go to our brand new page, nche.com slash dads. And we have a survey there. We'd like to hear from you and know uh, how we can serve you and get connected with you as dads. So if you'll go check that out, uh, we will love to get connected with you. Okay, heading into homeschool conversations. Uh, this is going to be my interview with Walt and Sandy Goforth. Uh, they are pioneer homeschoolers in North Carolina. They were a part of uh, the 
establishment of NCHE. Uh, they were among the first homeschoolers and uh, were some of those who watched the North Carolina Supreme Court hearing um, on homeschooling. So it's amazing uh, to talk to them as we celebrate our 40th anniversary this year of uh, North Carolinians for Home Education. Uh, so I hope you'll be encouraged by this conversation. Let's check it out. We are going to continue our conversations with some of the very first homeschoolers in North Carolina, uh, especially with rate related to NCHE. And we have uh, Walt and Sandy Goforth to talk to today. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, we'll just go ahead and tell a little bit of the surprising history that we went to church together uh, <laughs> in Boone uh, many years ago. And uh, so we knew each other from that and didn't know, we didn't have any idea our paths would cross in, in this way again. So uh, just tell me this, how did you decide to homeschool in the first place? And, and how did you uh, get started? Uh, we, I was a, a teacher and taught at a Christian school in High Point. And we were... We had moved to Winston, so we were living in Winston-Salem, and my best friend, co-teacher in first grade from High Point, just wrote me a letter and said, I'm jumping off a cliff. I've decided to homeschool. We got both got pregnant with our kids at the same time. We had two children born mm. about the same time, and she said, I, I really would like you to listen to this program. And she sent me to focus on the family to the interview with the Moores, Raymond and Dorothy Moore. And so um, I listened to the program, but I put the letter in a drawer. The reason why I didn't show it to Walt is because it sounded a little crazy to me and I thought he might go for it. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just, I, I waited a long time and we put our oldest daughter in kindergarten. So when she was in kindergarten, uh, we had already done four-year kindergarten, so pre-kindergarten with her, and we started to see that she learned differently. We knew she was brilliant, uh, off the charts brilliant, but we saw mm. that she was learning differently and um, would easily get distracted. And uh, one day I took her lunch to school. She was doing some sort of an art project out in the hall, the only one. And she was had her, her artwork on the floor, a big piece of paper on the floor. So she was on the floor doing her work. Well, I pulled that letter out <laughs> of the drawer and I showed that letter to Walt. And he said, maybe this is what our Jessica needs. So we decided to pull her out of kindergarten and it was a big deal. And so we got an appointment to go in and talk to the teachers and, and um, we basically said, we've decided it wasn't uh, what do you think? Because we knew that this was going to be a big deal. So we said, we've decided to pull our daughter out of kindergarten and teach her at home. And it was, Oh my goodness. That ensued a lot of uh, crazy events over the next year. It was illegal to homeschool altogether. There's a guy got arrested for homeschooling mm -hmm. that we knew. And so he ended up not going to jail. 
but they were going to put mm-hmm. him in jail. Or either he had to put his kids in school or go to jail. But it went to the Supreme Court. So when yeah. we when we Del Conte decision. The Del Conte. It was the Del Contes. Okay, so the yeah, the Del Contes we didn't know. But they were the case. It was a really long deliberated case by the Supreme Court. And during that time, we got hooked up, and I'm not sure exactly the connection, but there was an underground connection at the Winston-Salem Library. Hmm. So people would go up to the front desk, and they would say, um, can you, um, here's my name and number, would you give my name and number to somebody who is homeschooling? Okay. And that's how we got involved with people there. <laughs> the secret society. A secret society. And the kindergarten teachers were very upset. They thought we were really harming our daughter. Oh, yeah. And um, so it was very strange. But then Mm. we began to figure out how to do it legally. They weren't arresting people, but they were investigating. We found out some people were actually able to do it through a Christian school as a covering for them. So we mm-hmm. looked in that. We talked and, to our pastor. His name was Mark Quartz. And we talked to him. And he said, well, they're not going to arrest you. You, We're going to have two desks that are your desk here. It was two with Josh. Too, at, right? at our church school. Yeah, at our church school. And he said, if they give you any trouble, have them talk to me. By that time, we brought our other kindergartner home. So we were homeschooling both of the kids. And as a first grader, our little girl said, now we are going to do this the rest of our lives, right? (laughs) (laughs) We got a lot of hoops to jump through. (laughs) But we were then challenged by the school board to just start our own private school in our home. (laughs) With another couple, it ended up having to be at least students that weren't in your family. Two students had to be not in your family. Yeah. So we had another family. The Goebbels. Yeah, and we called our school Windworth Valley School, and we had we had um, we had to have some sort of logo or. um, heading for stationary. We did. Oh, all, yeah. We, we did, did all that, and um, had to have inspections by the city. It was. You had to have a sprinkler system in your house. They were telling us and all this stuff. If you're cool, and we yeah, had fire ma- exit. Male, yeah. male and female bathrooms. Yeah, we may be giving uh, too much detail though. Yeah, may want yeah that's true. That's <laughs> a, no, but I think that's amazing for people now to realize the extent to which uh, parents were going through and going to, to be able to do this. Because today um, it's quite easy uh, to homeschool in North Carolina. And there are many resources and many communities to to be a part of. Um, But those first generations were very committed uh, to doing it. All right, it's time for some wisdom from the word. And today I'm thinking of a story uh, that my parents told me about when they met in college and when they got married. 
Uh, both of them were, were very young, um, 19 and 20, and they met in a, a private, a, a small college in Texas. And uh, one of the things that was interesting about their marriage is that they both had come from very difficult home situations. In fact, uh, both of my grandpas um, were alcoholics. And um, when they left to go to um, college, it was a little bit of escape. And they found each other and um, just decided to start their home uh, very early. Now, what's amazing about this is that my mom and dad decided together that they were going to establish a new heritage for their family. In other words, they did not receive necessarily from their parents, especially from their fathers, um, a heritage of faith that was passed down to them. And they said, we're going to do things differently now. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start a, a new trajectory of faith for our family, for our kids and for our grandkids. And I benefited from that. And my children uh, benefit from that. As I talk to uh, lots of parents and lots of people today, um, I hear that most people do not feel like they have been discipled. And what I mean by discipled is that someone came along and intentionally trained and taught um, another how to follow Jesus. And if you ask most people, they would say, I wasn't discipled, intentionally trained and taught. And so um, we have a lot of parents today who want to disciple their kids, want to help their kids follow, Je uh, follow Jesus. However, they weren't discipled. And even now, maybe they haven't been discipled. And so now that it's their turn, they're a little bit at, uh, of a loss to do it. And so here's what I want to encourage you uh, today. And that is uh, you as parents have an opportunity to mark a new beginning for your uh, heritage, for, for your family line. And that is, we're going to start um, a trajectory of faith. You know, I think of Colossians chapter one, verse 28, which says, him we proclaim, and that's referring to Christ. Christ we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So this is what discipleship is, uh, intentionally warning and teaching so that someone can be mature in Christ. And that is our goal as Christian parents is to present our children mature in Christ. And so I want to encourage you that even if you're not sure how to do that, even if you're not sure and, and you weren't discipled, that you have the opportunity to change that uh, direction. And there's a lot of resources out there. Um, there are so many ways to find out um, what it means to follow Jesus and how to teach others. And I would encourage you to find those resources and to find someone even now um, as a parent to mentor you and to teach you and show you um, how to follow Jesus. But you've probably learned by now and it's time to pass that on uh, to your children. So don't lose heart if you're not drawing from um, some rich heritage. Uh, you can do it. And this is your calling and responsibility. And of course, even if you are coming from a rich heritage, what a privilege it is to continue to pass it on, right? This is our responsibility to keep the line going uh, in helping our kids follow Jesus.
Welcome to Homeschool Helps with Amanda. I'm Amanda Wares, Homeschool Helps Director with NCHE. So today and for the next several weeks, the next several segments, we are going to talk about specific tips for homeschooling different age groups. So this week we're going to start with preschool. We're going to move on to elementary, then middle, then high school. And then the last one will be um, tips for combining ages. If you have, like I did, um, at one point I had a high school student, a middle school student, an elementary school student, and a preschool student all at the same time. So that can have its own unique challenges, but we are going to get to that today. We're going to start with preschool. And I don't know if you have experienced this, but when my babies who are now not babies anymore, but when they were little, the questions and the pressure um, and the expectations started super early of, you know, I think my oldest daughter was maybe one and people would ask me, oh, where is she going for preschool? Or um, when are you sending her to preschool? And I wasn't, <laughs> but I did get those questions all the time. And it did not stop. Even when we were officially homeschooling and the oldest was school age, those questions did not stop for the younger. So maybe you're getting those kinds of questions as well. And that would be my first tip for you. Ignore, let go of that pressure, let go of that expectation that automatically kids have to go to preschool in order to learn and develop the way that they're supposed to. That is just not true. Um, you are your child's very best teacher. You are the best one to teach them what they need to know, to experience this really special, unique time in their life as preschool, preschool, um, where they're just learning and growing so much. They're like sponges. They learn everything. They learn from all of their experiences and really going to a place and to be taught by a professional is really just not necessary for that preschooler to learn what they're supposed to. Now, there are legitimate reasons why people send their kids to preschool, but I'm just saying, if you're feeling pressure, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling um, people keep asking you and you really don't want to, um, let it go. I give you permission. I empower you. You are your child's best teacher. Now, other tips. Number one, read, 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 read to your child, read to your children. Um, this is not just true of preschool. This is true of all ages. I still read to my 14-year-old um, very often, if not daily. And I think it's super important for all ages for so many reasons, but especially for preschool. It is so important um, for developing vocabulary and a lot of those pre-reading skills, reading comprehension, um, listening, processing, all of that 
not to mention what they're learning from the stories that you're reading to them. It's just really important. And relational, it's really important. Being able to sit and listen, really important. That developing that skill. Now, let me just tell you, different ages, different um, personalities, different temperaments may be able or desire to sit and attend longer than others. I read, especially my oldest son, um, I have vivid memories of reading to him and he would sit a little bit and then he would get down on the floor and play and I would keep reading. It's fine. Or he would, you know, hang off the couch upside down, whatever it was. But that doesn't mean he wasn't listening and learning. It was still such an important time. So I cannot stress that enough. Um, that is super important. Beyond that, don't feel pressure whether internal or external, to have some sort of structured school type experience for your preschooler. It's really, again, not necessary, not according to a lot of people, not even optimal. Um, they are learning. They are learning so much every day. Take them with you. Go to the grocery store and to the post office. And, you know, as you run your errands, whatever, go to the park go to the library. There's so many opportunities for your preschooler um, that you don't even have to provide. It just will happen naturally. So I encourage you most of all, let them be kids. Let them be little. Um, they're little for such a short time. And especially in our world today, it seems like kids are um, pushed to grow up faster and faster. So especially in this preschool time, um, one, don't feel pressure to send them to preschool. Read, 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 read. Let them be little. Let them experience life. They will learn and grow just by you doing that. Now, if you have a child like my third, <clears throat> who is a younger sibling, obviously, of two older siblings who were doing school every day, you know, with me, and she desperately wanted to do school like her older siblings. If you have somebody like that who so badly wants a workbook or something like her older siblings, that's fine. Follow their lead educationally. Follow their lead. Um, my little one, I did get her some little workbooks that had um, kind of some pre-reading like tracing and cutting, different activities in there. There are some sweet workbooks out there that are designed specifically for that. There's nothing wrong with that either. Um, I'm just saying don't feel pressure, internal or external, to provide some sort of structured educational experience for your preschooler. They are learning. They are. You would have to try really hard I don't even think even then you could stop them from learning. So really just let them play, read to them, experience life together and enjoy. It's such a wonderful time. I really hope that helps today. See you next time. As usual, we're so grateful that you took the time to join us this week. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, or a topic you'd like us to talk about, you can write us at thehomeschoolshow at nche.com and give us your feedback and ideas. 
Uh, maybe some of the segments today uh, you think especially would be interesting to your family and friends or others who are homeschooling, please share it with them. And until next week, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy.